0: Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good afternoon, good night, good morning, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge. For those of you who don't know Jean, she is a managing partner of Future Workplace, which is an HR advisory research and membership firm. And she's the best selling author of three books Corporate Universities, The 2020 Workplace, and The Future Workplace Experience. And she's a regular Forbes contributor. It's been about 11, 12 months since we've uh, last talked to Jean, and I'm sure a lot has changed uh, since we last connected with her. So I want to dive in uh, to understand, you know what makes a, a great workplace environment today and how COVID has either changed, reinforced or uh, destroyed what we thought we knew.
1: So Alex, you asked what uh, what is different? Well, when I spoke to your community, gosh, a couple of years ago, at least, at least two years ago, we talked about the growing importance of employee experience, right? And we define that as the last best experience anyone has, um, it, with in in, in mo- mostly in um, in conduct, you know, in their personal lives and how they're affecting this in the workplace. Um, and so, employee experience has been one of the hottest trends among HR executives. Uh, in 2019 and 2020. So I was interested in knowing, um, what's changed, right? Is that still, is employee experience still important? And the answer is not only is it as important as ever, but it's changed. And companies now are looking at the experience of the family unit, not just the employee. So when we talked a couple of years ago, um, we defined employee experience as the sum total of all the experiences an individual has with the employer from recruitment all the way through exiting the organization. So essentially the employee life cycle. Now what we're seeing with COVID is that organizations are being really sensitive about the fears that employees have, the increased demands of not only working from home but managing homeschooling, and so we did research um, with this sample. And I'm just going to, um, you know, include just go to one of the statistics that I thought was interesting. And we have 74 um, of our um, of our sample are supporting. The entire family unit, including spouses and partners and even aging parents. So they're doing things like extending, uh, sick leave or, um, help, helping, um, helping parents with homeschooling by giving them access to substitute teachers online, right? Um, they're doing things like funding um remote wellness programs for the entire family. And I don't know if you know Headspace, the app for meditation and wellness, that's now being funded by some companies, you know, uh for for the family. So we have the the spotlight on employee experience but it's greatly increased in scope. So I think if we had had this discussion
2: you know probably back in i would say september of 2020 we would probably say be be talking about most companies would be going back first quarter of 2021 and that is not the what i am finding and hearing so so what what's what's the takeaway i think the opportunity you know if if you're if you work for a company which has said you know what we probably will be going back um, fourth quarter, this is your opportunity to do a couple of things. Number one, investigate some training that's free on return to work, on remote working, double up on communication um, with your uh with your team. Um, understand how to create um an optimal virtual and physical home office. So virtual, I mean, invest in tools and technologies that will allow remote workers to be really successful. One of the tools that we've used um, as our team is called Miro, M-I-R-O, and Mural. And this this sort of si- okay, you you know it. So you it simulates, in a sense, of a design thinking session. So it's visual online collaboration. No, it's not like all five or six of you standing in front of a whiteboard, but for right now, we can't do that. Right. Um, And so I think we have to, you know, make sure we use our time wisely headed into fourth quarter, because I really believe that's when the majority of our clients are going back to the office. And notice I didn't say going back to work because I think. We've all been working harder than ever as we've worked remotely.
0: I think there's a lot of fear in the world in general about how organizations are using people's data. And when it's your own employer that's now collecting this strange data, I can see a lot of uh, need for real procedures and, and systems in place to make people feel comfortable about that.
2: Mm-hmm. we identified a couple jobs the human bias officer the algorithm bias officer we did research um, with oracle uh last year with about over 8000 hr leaders and employer and employees and one of my surprises was that 80% said of the employees which was a, a part of the 8000 8, sample said That employers should ask permission from employees uh, before they start uh, collecting data on them. And 70% said, and you should, and you really need to tell me what you're doing with the data. So I, I do think that's the, you know, one of the, there's a number of, of job roles we had in that HBR, like HR data detective. We sort of gave it a, a, you know, an interesting title. Um, and the bias and the human bias officer looks at, okay, are, are these algorithms that are embedded in some of the, um, some of the platforms that we're using, are they bias-free? Are they transparent? And are they explainable? Um, And so when you're using artificial intelligence, especially, you know, in any aspect, but definitely for making big decisions, like whether you're going to hire someone or not, you really need to understand um, the algorithms that are behind that and to ensure that they are bias-free.
0: The one thing the community should take away from our conversation today, Uh, it'd be great to close out on that.
2: I think we need to make it relevant of what we've all gone through and the experience of COVID has really accelerated everything about how we work, where we work and the tools and technologies we use to collaborate with our teams and with our customers. And, And we all have to be continuously learning Because the skills we had prior to March 2020 are obsolete. And we have to make, we have to be intentional about upskilling ourselves first. How are we going to be successful at remote working and managing teams and, you know, and working in this and learning in this new way so that we can all be role models for all the team members we work with?
0: Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.